and welcome to Make My Multiversity, the best podcast in our universe for exploring the Marvel multiverse. I'm Jay Kill. And I'm Elias Rosner. And this week, you get to hear two Jewish people talk about superhero Santa. Excelsior! And Merry Christmas to you, Elias. Merry Christmas to me. Well, almost. We're, we're almost at Christmas. Um, Hanukkah's also just passed by. Uh, we're right in the middle of them for once, which is very odd. Hanukkah's really early this year. I feel like I, I've heard the last couple of years everyone's been telling me Hanukkah's been early. Well, when it falls right around Thanksgiving, I think that's a good indicator that's pretty early. I mean, the weird loony solar calendar always makes it very weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I'm Reformed Jewish, and in my family, uh, Thanksgiving is almost bigger than Hanukkah. Mm, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of for us too. Even though we do celebrate both, um, we definitely get more people together on Thanksgiving. But I think that's because it's easier to do one day than trying to get everyone together for eight days. Yeah, and um, from if what I recall from our previous conversation about this, you're a big fan of the Hanukkah foods. I am. I love me some fried foods. Got the latkes. Got the sufganiyot. I don't like the jelly-filled donuts. I don't like the jelly-filled sufganiyot. They're fine, but, like, chocolate filling? Mm, Where do you get chocolate filling? That sounds great. Yeah, chocolate and custard. I mean, yeah, that all sounds great. I mean, jelly, I didn't like any of those jelly donuts until I went to Israel and tried sufganiyot there, and they do them where I had them was for real, for real. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And I I would go back for that. It was, like, like fresh and warm. Man, Hanukkah... (laughs) in Israel is way better. Um, but we're not talking main about... focus. <laughs> yeah, we're, we already are getting off track. We're already uh, shifting to the holidays we're more familiar with. But we're not talking about uh, Hanukkah Marvel stories, although there's a few I can think of. Um, but we're talking about Santa Claus. Yeah, the jolly old uh, Coca-Cola mascot. Yeah, that's kind of how I know him as well. So I take it uh, Santa wasn't a big factor in your household growing up? No, never. Never. We never uh, didn't even like. The, we never had the. I mean, he got mentioned because you know Santa's everywhere. But the the big mystery was the tooth fairy, for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Figured out who it was, and it was pretty obvious very early. And it was always like a wink and a nudge. Like the tooth fairy came by and left you with like three packs of Pokemon cards under your t- bed, <laughs> under your pillow, plus like a buck or two. I was like. Pokemon cards, yes! Yeah, that's really nice. Um, I remember being a little kid and going to Hebrew school, and uh, Mrs. Holtzman, my Hebrew school teacher, uh, being like, now we all know that Santa's not real, right? And then, like, beckoning us in, and she's like, but don't tell any of the other kids at school. You don't want to make things tougher for the Jews. And uh, it really left an impression (laughs) on little me. And uh, I was real tight-lipped about uh, Santa because I was worried about telling the wrong person. It was like Mm. a, it it felt like a, a cultural minefield. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, no, it probably I, I never really had that problem. It probably wasn't as high stakes as it felt to me, but Mrs. Holtzman could make you make you feel it. Well, when you're when you're that young, you never know. I wonder if she's uh, listening to our show. I I don't remember her being a big Marvel fan, but uh, who knows what's changed? It's true. Um, but like, I've kind of gotten into Santa Claus as an adult. Is that a weird thing to say? Uh, not really. I mean, he's he's a fun cultural figure, and anytime we you see him in something, it's like, oh, it's the Jelly Man. <laughs> the Jelly you Man know. is that one of his many nicknames? Well, he's got the bowl, of the the stomach full of jelly. He's got a stomach <laughs> like a like a bag full of jelly. That's one like, of the descriptions, right? A stomach like a bag full of jelly. Yeah, that sounds like poetry. Uh, to me. That sounds uh, far more terrifying than it should. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, as you can see, our um, our knowledge of Santa is a little tenuous. But I think, like, uh, so doing a little bit of research, you find out that uh, Santa Claus is pretty cool. He's the patron saint of pirates. Huh. Never would have guessed that. Well, I ha- I need to uh, give credit to some of my comic book scholarship to two uh, hosts of other uh, podcasts. That being uh, Chris Sims and Benito Serino. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Chris Sims, who is uh, ed- editor and contributor at Comics Alliance for many years before that sh- site shut down, wrote a number of articles about uh, the history of Santa showing up in various properties. And that was uh, his research was a lot of what I looked at. Although he's uh, it seems like more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy by reputation. Mm. So uh, mm-hmm. he focused mostly on Santa's re- uh, relationship with Superman and Batman and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're a Marvel show, and so I had yeah. to do some research of my own to find out what Santa was like in the old 616. Mm-hmm. And Santa's freaking weird. I'm not surprised by that. Um, I'm pleased to report that, like, answer... I have probably answers to your questions about, like, does Santa have an origin story in Marvel? The answer is yes. <laughs> does he have clear powers that are explained? The answer is also yes. Um, and there's, oh, really? Yeah, wow. there's ways that it functions. There's also weird interactions with certain superheroes he has a relationship with. But I guess, uh, hmm. before I get into all that, have you ever, um, do you ever recall reading Santa in a Marvel story? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I, I'm sure I've encountered him, but I don't, I have, no, I don't remember. Well, it's actually, I mean, you say that, but um, Santa hasn't appeared as many in as many comic issues as you might think. But I'm sure I've seen him somewhere. Well, for example, you might be thinking of a recent comic that I know we both really uh, liked because we texted about it, which was mm-hmm. um, the King in Black one-shot uh, for Iron Man and Doctor Doom. Yes. Uh, I believe that was a Christopher Cantwell penned issue. Yes. Um, and that had Iron Man and Doctor Doom fighting a venomized Santa Claus. That might have been, that might be the comic that I was thinking of. Yeah, uh, excellent issue. I highly recommend. Uh, a freaking delight to see Santa become Venom and then fight one of two of the top superheroes and supervillains, respectively. Um, but I went mm-hmm. back to that issue uh, in preparation for today's episode, and I forgot, I guess spoilers for that wonderful issue, not really Santa at the end. Oh, it's yeah. just a, it's a venomized mall Santa named Mike Dunwoody from Paramus. <laughs> um, I love the the name drop of Paramus though. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, as a Jersey guy, I know I had to look out for you, but um, yeah. and I don't know if the what the mall in Paramus is like, but I imagine it's got a real suburban one. Which one? <laughs> oh, fair enough. Which one? <laughs> yeah, I'm not as much of I. I grew up on the other side of the border in the tri-state area. Hmm. Um, I grew up on the New York, Connecticut border. You don't know the the glories of the Paramus Malls. I mean, I'm sure I've been once, but uh, I I can't uh, commit to knowing every exit on the Jersey Turnpike off the top of my head. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so even in that issue, they were just fighting a venomized dude who turned yeah. out not to be Santa because Santa would have freaking wrecked him. Really? Yeah, man. Santa is um. Okay, so in the Marvel Universe, Santa is a real guy. He has a lot of aliases. And it's one of those things where um, uh, there are some stories that you've heard about him that maybe wasn't Santa Claus. Maybe it was one of those Eternals that I hate so very much. <laughs> um, but Santa is a magical being who is the conjunction of three magical forces that existed in the uh, Marvel Universe. So one of them was a man named St. Nicholas. He was from Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the, like, mythology about St. Nicholas is this guy. Um, mm-hmm. and in Marvel, they don't really, they didn't really parse whether or not he was, like, given power by Judeo-Christian God, or if he was, like, a Doctor Strange-style wizard, but he definitely, this St. Nicholas had magical powers in the Marvel Universe. Okay. He encountered, uh, it by... By chance, I guess, they don't really... There's not a scene where this happens. He just explains that this happened to him. The Odin Force... Okay. As well as the magics of Merlin, the Merlin that resides in Otherworld, as seen in uh, X-Men and Excalibur. Uh, Okay. And so this Saint Nicholas encountering the Odin Force and the magics of Otherworld is what gave birth to the being that we now know as Santa Claus. And... In doing so, uh, he is one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel cosmology. Uh, so he's, but he's not. He's not quite like a, a, an elemental force like Galactus. No. Not elemental, but but yeah, he's not like one of the. Uh, I believe uh, what's Galactus? Galactus is a cosmic, um, not a, a not eternal, not endless entity. 
there's a there's a bunch of cos- necessary cosmic beings in the Marvel cosmology who will like always exist, and even if you kill them, they will uh, show up form. again in some other form. Is that like eternity and? Yeah, eternity is like that. Galactus. Um, I just had another one off the top of my head. Um, uh, the the Living Tribunal. Night, not nightmare. Um, no, but uh, Night- nightmare was serving someone. The, it, we we read about them in the Guardians run. Uh, yeah, Oblivion. Yeah, there we go. Right, and, like, Oblivion had been killed in the past, but he was, like, regenerating his consciousness in his realm. Whatever. So, Whatever. Um, Santa's not on par with those guys. And then so, and then a step below those guys, you have the Celestials. And then I think uh, the weakest Celestials are probably about on par with, like, um, Odin and Zeus and some of the bigger gods. And then you mm-hmm. got, like, Thor, and then you're, you're getting down to, like, uh, regular power stuff. Mm-hmm. Although I once knew a guy who argued that Ghost Rider was the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe, and I stand for it. I think uh, Ghost Rider is at least as powerful as Thor. Um, Santa, what more a powerful power than, ranking. But Santa, more powerful than Thor, more powerful than Ghost Rider, more powerful than Odin. He has all the powers of Odin and all the powers of Merlin and all the powers of, like, a Doctor Strange level guy. And that's, that's... Santa. Why is Santa so OP? Well, so I looked into this, and most of the Santa continuity came about in um, Marvel Holiday Special Number 1 in 2006. Um, okay. Who is it by? Um, or did they just put that together as kind of like a primer? Uh, a guy with the for, you know fortunate name here of Jeff Christensen. Mm. Um, almost, uh, I'm almost suspicious that that's an alias of someone. Uh, wrote... Yeah the Marvel handbook entry for Santa Claus and there was other stories in this uh, one shot that uh, featured this like super version of Santa. Mm-hmm. So that that is the primary issue although there's a couple others where the, they've established some things about Santa. And Santa's uh, in the Golden Age appeared in a bunch of Captain America comics. Um, oh really? I mean I shouldn't be surprised but yeah, so uh, just finishing up his origin that he got in 2006, there was one sentence in the Marvel Wiki that I thought was especially evocative, so I copied it, which is that Santa initially set up his base of operation in Finland's eastern frontier at a city called, and I'm, I i don't speak Finnish, but uh, uh, Korva Tunturi. Mm-hmm. So Santa was like this like magical guy living on the in the Finnish waste, and then he eventually heads up to the North Pole, where he enlists a bunch of elves from Alfheim, from the Norse realm of Alfheim. Oh. And so, when if you see Santa's elves in Marvel, these guys are the descendants of like uh, I can't think of any elf uh, light elf characters now. There, there. Uh, I think there's one called Honeyfoot. Oh, Flintlock Honeyfoot. That's the one you're yep. thinking of. How do I remember that? Wow. <laughs> it's such a such a distinctive name. Um, yeah, Jason Aaron has, like, such a, a gift for this. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, guys like that, like Flintlock Honeyfoot, are the ones who are working for Santa at his toy shop. And um, I don't know that that's ever come up again except in this weird origin issue, but um, that's a great detail, and somebody should grab that and use it somewhere. Who knows? Maybe it'll show up in uh, this year's holiday specials. Um, yeah, I guess we haven't read them yet. Um, yeah. So uh, there's always a chance. But so the first appearances of Santa were in, um, like, the 40s and 50s in Atlas and Timely comics. Mm-hmm. Um, including, uh, like, more than one story where Hitler kidnaps Santa, and then Captain America and Bucky and sometimes Nick Fury have to, like, bust him out. Ah. <sighs> Why? Yeah, so as I was talking about this earlier, that was the to a friend. Uh, that was the question they asked too, and um, my answer was was obviously to break American spirits on Christmas time. Uh, okay, was... but wouldn't that also okay? I I shouldn't I shouldn't pick apart forties uh, Hitler plans in comics because they're always bonkers. Well, Nazis don't believe in Santa, Elias. That's part of what makes them Nazis. I guess, but no, but they believe in him enough to kidnap him. Um, wow. This is getting into some real, like, Neil Gaiman Sandman territory. But for Santa, (laughs) that's what I want. I want Neil Gaiman to write the Marvel Santa series. Let's hope it's more 1602 than, uh, than Eternals. Oh, right. Damn it, Neil Gaiman, your one time you read for Marvel, it's my least favorite goddamn comic. (laughs) 
This is, I, I haven't even seen the Eternals movie yet, but I, I will, but I'm planning on doubling down. I think uh, the Eternals movie is not going to make me like that franchise. Uh, who knows? I still haven't seen it either, so I can't be like, no, it will change your mind, or you'll be, or I'll be like, just read the Karen Gillan comic. Uh, I've been reading the Karen Gillan comic, and um, it's not my favorite comic by one of by probably my favorite comic writer, um, but I'm reading it, and I I I I see what he's doing. Um, but I think that comic would be better if it included freaking Santa Claus. Um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe arc two. It'll it'll be in the end a fight between Thanos and Santa. Um, Santa uh, shows up weirdly in um, so that's him. Santa in the Golden Age. In the Silver Age, there's not much Santa, uh, but weirdly he shows up in X Men. You'd think the Silver Age would be rife with like there's just a one shot, you know, a one issue holiday special where they have to. You know, help Santa get presents to kids, but Doc Ock is preventing them from doing it or whatever. Yeah. Well, I guess what what it turns out, there's a lot of stories that use ideas of Santa, and there's a lot of stories where it turns out not to have been really Santa. But for oh. some reason, in the Marvel Universe, where everybody knows that Dracula is the Dark Lord of Chernobyl and the Skrulls invade every six months, they're just like, Santa, that shit's made up. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, which I also think, I guess, is part of the, like, mystique and legend of Santa, right? Is that um, mm -hmm. it's so funny that everybody, you know, people who are literally friends with uh, Hercules and Thor uh, just uh, figure that Santa is, like, a silly thing made up for Coke ads. Yeah. There's no way Santa could work. Um, well, except for a couple characters. So... So, yeah, he encounters the X-Men in a story that got retold a couple times, I think. Um, but then in 1979's Howard the Duck number 3, um, Santa and Howard had to team up to save Christmas. And this is Santa's, like, first real in the modern Marvel continuity appearance in 1979's Howard the Duck number 3. Oh, wow. Wow. That's kind of amazing. That yeah. And in wow, that's... Howard yeah. the Duck... We have yet to do our Howard the Duck dive that I know you're interested in doing, and I, and I, I really this is a great plan. Yeah, we're definitely we got to do it, but um, but yeah, so that makes sense to me because Howard the Duck is like um, supposed to be like a joke for college kids, right? In 1979, so I feel like uh, doing like a parody of a schmaltzy a Christmas story type thing. What year is a mm -hmm. Christmas story? I don't like that movie very much. Uh, you mean a Christmas Carol? No, I mean a Christmas story. '83. Uh, oh. Oh, Christmas. Oh, I was like, do you mean It's a Wonderful Life? No, nah, not nah, with Ralphie and his BB gun, a Christmas story. <laughs> okay. I The part of Ohio that I now live in is near where they filmed a Christmas story, and the number of times people have been like, you can go see the house from a Christmas story, and I don't care, is a lot of times. Hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. But so it makes sense to me that, like, uh, kind of, like, taking the piss out of Christmas cheer in a Howard the Duck comic is, like, where Santa's showing up. That that really feels like it's in the sensibilities of Marvel. And I feel like also that's the big difference between Marvel and DC is DC is always, like, you're this, like, big goofy friend who's just, like, um, pretending that Santa is real. And in Marvel, they're immediately, like, um, Santa shows up in the most cynical book um, and everyone is being mean to him because they don't believe in him. <laughs> right. The world outside your window. Yeah, and then I feel like the problem with at DC has been whenever they try to chase the Marvel thing, and they're just like, no, Superman and Batman work best when they're dorks, when they're just like weird goofus dads, and when you try to make them cool is when uh, they get uncomfortable. That's yeah. They, they get really hello fellow kids. Superman and Batman both believe in Santa and are friends with Santa and like love Santa. And like Iron Man, Batman won't admit it though. Right, right. Batman won't admit it, but he's in like a goofy way. You're not supposed to think he's cool for not believing in Santa. Yeah, like he's sitting there. He's like, I don't believe in Santa, and you just see like Santa's on speed dial. Um, <laughs> Elias, I like your DC pictures. Maybe, maybe <laughs> change this uh, the format of the show. Um, but the uh, Santa next majorly appears working as a pri private detective, a private investigator, in 1989 Sensational She-Hulk number 18, where he uh, goes as uh, Nick St. Christopher, the world's greatest detective. <laughs> That's a title, both the book and the name. Yeah, and um, and again, this makes sense, because um, have you ever read any of that early She-Hulk? No. From, 
The the only She Hulk I've read is the uh, the stuff that was drawn by Kevin Wada. Yeah, I, I think that was the Charles Soul run. Yeah, that was the Charles Soul run. That's a cool. That's a that's a real like wacky out there run for She Hulk. It's real zany. Um, yeah. She-Hulk in the 80s was a lot closer to Deadpool than Deadpool was until 20 years after he was created. Huh. Like, She-Hulk's, like, real, like, knows she's in a comic book, and this is, like, a tradition in it. So, again, it's in a funny book that uh, Santa's showing up as a character, and the joke is that he's taking a second job and using his magic powers to figure out who's naughty and who's nice. <laughs> Which, again, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's pretty clever. It's a great application of the powers. And and it's funny because it's like Santa is kind of tryhard where he has to go as Nick St. Christopher because he can't admit who he is. Mm-hmm. But everyone kind of knows. Yeah, but then also nobody really believes because everybody's skeptical. Yeah, they think he's like just some guy. Maybe maybe someone who's styling himself after Santa. Um. Right, which which is the case with a lot of these Santa stories is they turn out to be fake Santas. Um. Mm. The last couple of um, significant Santa appearances I want to mention is um, he shows up in 1991 and he uh, saves the X-Men from the Brotherhood of Mutants by turning the Brotherhood into little wooden toys. Um, but that is the story okay. where it is established that Cerebro reads Santa as the world's most powerful mutant. Uh, and later when this scene is redone, um, they added the le- the word Omega. So... Mm-hmm. Right now, in Marvel continuity, maybe Santa is some sort of magical anomaly that just appears to Cerebro to be a mutant, but uh, Santa seems eligible for Krakoan citizenship, as far as I can tell, and thus resurrection protocols and all the benefits that come with it. Uh, he probably has his own special protocols. Well, I think it would make sense if uh, there was a flower gate at the North Pole. <laughs> uh, who's to say there isn't? Yeah. We just haven't seen him yet. In fact, until proven otherwise, my headcanon is that uh, the North Pole is part of Krakoan territory, and uh, they they hang out with Santa there all the time. Hmm. I'm surprised. Santa. I, I'm trying to rack my brain, because I remember during House of X Powers of Ten, they had that list of known Omega-level mutants, and Santa's I don't not on the think list. Santa was on that list. No, I, can, I, I know every mutant on that list, and I can confirm Santa's not on it. Oh, he wasn't even like one of the redacted names? Uh, Were there no, redacted names? No, there wasn't any redacted names on that list. But um, Franklin Richards was on that wrist list, and he later was proven not to be a mutant as well. Uh, yeah, which I know is not a popular continuity choice, and I'm not here to defend. Yeah. Bad choice. Um, And then the last thing I got to mention about Santa in continuity is just that obviously um, where Santa has ended up is uh, the character he most frequently appears in lately is Deadpool. Hmm. Um, I, I didn't know that. I haven't read... God, have I read any Deadpool? Not much. I've read Deadpool on and off uh, throughout my comic reading career. And, mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, again, because the way Santa usually appears in Marvel is kind of in, like, a sarcastic, satirical, taking the piss kind of way. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense for, uh, like, there's a 2018 issue uh, where um, Santa gets tricked by a hyper-capitalist elf named Tinsel to, like, change up the North Pole operation. So, uh, and then, like, uh, obviously, uh, Santa gets into a big fight with Deadpool, who's totally outmatched by fighting Santa. Yeah, and just, like, uh, there are, I feel like um, Deadpool and Santa have a relationship like, um, like any superheroes who, like, have misunderstanding fights but are best friends. Yeah. Makes sense. It's, I mean, like you said, the funny books, they seem to, Santa seems to be mostly relegated to funny Marvel. I bet he, I don't know, did he show up any, like, in any not brand eh comics? Not I guess you're I, not counting things like that. Not that I can see. Oh, yeah, and I'm also, I'm only counting the Santa in appearances that count as 616 appearances. Yeah. Um, And now that I'm thinking about it, I would be surprised if he never had anything with Squirrel Girl. I don't remember seeing him in in those books. They seem like natural allies, Santa and Doreen. Yeah. If it, maybe he did show up. Well, it's also amazing because they're both unbeatable and they would both prefer not to fight. That's true. Um... I also got curious about whether other famous parts of the Santa mythology were in Marvel. And sure enough, um, Krampus, for example, exists in Marvel. 
But um, then I ended up. But then I noticed that Krampus only uh, showed up in two issues, and both of them were in 2016, which I believe was also the year that that weird Christmas horror movie Krampus came out. So I just think in 2016 mm-hmm. we were really hot for Krampus. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I was even going to bring up. I'm like, when she said Krampus, I'm like, oh yeah, there was that. Uh, there was that really weird. I liked that movie. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. With I Adam wouldn't Scott, say it was a right? good movie. Hmm? Adam Scott was in that movie, right? Uh, maybe? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I the Krampus design was really cool. He I just, was scary. I just Googled a Krampus movie, and I got five hits. All of them came out in 2015 and 2016. Oh, yeah, there were a lot of them. What was up with Krampus in 2016? I don't know. I think it was a prelude to the uh, the killer clowns in 2016 that didn't exist. Yeah, there's, like, a really good academic sociology paper waiting to be written about, like, um, uh, Annabelle and uh, Killer Clowns in the Woods and Krampus and all of these, like, weird carnival, uh, the It movies, 2016, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, loss of innocence and childhood stuff turning freaky trends. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the person to write it. I'm not smart enough to write that. But someone out there, if you're writing that paper, if you're doing that grad thing, uh, let us know. Hmm. We'd have you on as a guest or whatever. Or we just say, hey. Um, last thing I want to say about um, Santa in Marvel continuity is that as he has a Marvel handbook entry, we know how he's ranked uh, his power rankings. Um, uh, how? So, like, for example, uh, you, are you a Marvel handbook fan? Uh, I wouldn't call myself a Marvel Handbook fan. Uh, I know of it, but, like, I'm not tracking down issues and putting them in my long box and and saving them and pulling them out and reading them religiously. But you're familiar, for example, that, uh, they get a- everyone's ranked on a scale from one to seven for, uh, various categories? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you- so, um, for example, Santa Claus- Mm Mm-hmm has um, an intelligence score of three. And just to compare, uh, Steve Rogers also has an intelligence score of three. Uh, okay. Two would be like an average person, and one would be like a dumb person, and then three would be like a smarter than average person, and then your super geniuses are clocking in this five, six, seven range, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then on top of that, Santa Claus uh, normally only has a strength of score of two, which is as strong as like a very strong person. And Captain America, being super powerful, has a strength score of three. Mm-hmm. But Santa's powers are heightened on Christmas Eve, <laughs> and his score, his strength score, doubles. So this means canonically, uh, throughout the year, Santa Claus probably would lose in a fight to Captain America, uh, except on Christmas Eve, he would take him out. Wow. Um, his speed score is also a two, which means he can run faster than the average person year round. But on Christmas Eve, he gains teleportation abilities, uh, giving him a speed score of seven. Um, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's how you solve it. That's a, that's what they always, uh, anyone who can teleport, uh, has two speed scores, a, uh, not speeding one and then a seven to indicate that they can, that's how the Marvel handbook does it. All right. Um, but then, so what's notable to me is those two scores change, but his durability is always scored at three, which means that Santa's uh, like super damage resistance abilities are uh, consistent and they do not fluctuate with the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. His energy projection is given at six, which um, is to represent <sighs> his magics. Um, mm. His magic Gotta powers. Make all those toys somehow. Um. And um, and his fighting skills are listed at one, while Steve Rogers is a six, mm. and Wolverine and Taskmaster, I believe, are sevens. I love how they they can fight better than uh. I guess they like fighting. Steve Rogers doesn't love fighting. Um, yeah. Anyway, I love. You know, they got a bad rap for uh, a couple of years there, but I love a good who would win in the fight question at the comic shop. Mm-hmm. Uh. They were pretty unfashionable, and I had to keep that opinion to myself. But I'm ready. I'm ready to bring it back. <laughs> so anyway, so Santa is like a quantifiably powerful Marvel hero who's shown up in only 27 issues in Marvel Comics history. This is this is like official Santa's, not people dressing up as Santa's, like when the Punisher dresses up as Santa. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punisher dressing up as Santa is Frank Castle dressing up as Santa. But uh, in terms of Santa Claus appearances, there I, I counted 27 issues. Wow. That's he gets, kind of amazing. He gets mentioned a lot. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of Fantastic Four comics where, uh, mm-hmm. where Franklin uh, believes in Santa or whatever, but he only shows up every once in a while. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we will see a, a, a renaissance of him soon. Yeah, and uh, I think I, we got a couple more uh, ideas to say about that and a couple other holiday-related uh, uh, qu- uh, queries and considerations, but before then, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, my wife, bad to end Dio impressions, this is bad, what the f***? And an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us and welcome back this is our winter spectacular or santatacular the santatacular you called it the winter spooktacular and i, I love did the, call it the winter i love the idea of a winter spooktacular for winter spooktacular i'm gonna watch the terror Ooh, i was gonna say if this were krampus focus it would be the winter spooktacular yeah maybe next year we have to like actually do a winter spooktacular like live up to the name may yeah well we'll have to that will take some planning. I, I, I we could, we could pull this off. Winter spectacular. Pencil it in. Twenty twenty two. We'll, we'll watch. Uh, we'll watch the snowman and then just cry. And uh, <laughs> the scariest winter movie of all. Uh, but speaking <laughs> of, uh, speaking of uh, Christmas future, Ghost of Christmas Future. Um, do we have an idea? Do you have an idea of like uh, where you would like to see Santa in Marvel comics in the future? Like, where do you think he makes the most sense, <sighs> Marvel Santa? I think he's best used sparingly. I think if if Santa showed up in every comic, especially like right around the the December holidays, uh, I think he would he would feel overused and his power would be kind of diminished. I kind of like him as the this mysterious figure, but like I like where they have something and they're like could it have been Santa and they turn and you just see in the distance Santa and the going across the moon. I like those kinds of stories. Uh, but I also really like it when Santa does ridiculously silly things and <laughs> no one believes that it's really Santa. Well, so and that's like Marvel from what, what you even talk about. That's like Marvel's wheelhouse for him. So I, you never read uh, Jason Aaron, uh, Wolverine, and the X-Men, and Chris Bacalo? No, I haven't. So there's a very famous issue of that. where uh, So in that comic, uh, Wolverine is the headmaster of the School for Mutants, and, like, the secretary at the front desk is Dupe. You know Dupe? Mm-hmm. Purple, green, not purple, floating green potato yeah. guy? Um, yeah, from uh, Ecstatic. Yeah, from Ecstatics. So uh, there's one issue, and it's everything that Dupe has been doing in the background of the story so far. And it just turns out that Dupe is, like, uh, playing guitar to ward off the devil at the crossroads at night and, like, fighting werewolf by night. And uh, just every day he is exhausted, but he's been protecting the universe from, like, threats unseen. That's mm-hmm. what I want the Santa miniseries to be. I, I don't need it to, like... Uh, <laughs> I just want to see one story from Santa's perspective of all the stuff he's saving the world from that they don't even know about. And um, and maybe he has a couple of friends of, like, uh, Marvel characters who you wouldn't expect him to get along with. In fact, maybe Dupe is his buddy. Oh, I could see that. But, like, I don't yeah. know. What if it's just, like, Santa, uh, like, hanging out with Patsy Walker Hellcat or something? Just, like, someone uh, unlikely. Yeah. I'm trying to think who would be, who would be the most unlikely. But I think... Maybe he uh, I, I works at the princess bar with Wolverine, and so it's like when he's patched, Santa has like a, another alternate identity, and uh, Santa Nick Saint Christopher is friends with Patch. <laughs> they run in. They run into Doreen Green. Maybe the reason Wolverine could be on so many team books at the same time is because Santa's taught him secrets. Mm. And that yeah, can, that's Marvel canon now. Like I, I feel like Marvel Santa is a, kind of an untapped uh, story. Well, yeah. 
I think they don't want to bring him in too much, especially during the middle of the year, because people are like, what is this, Christmas in July? And maybe it is. I feel like if you do one really fun, like, four-issue miniseries, you just bring that out every year on Christmas, and you put it on stands, right? Yeah. Then maybe maybe if Marvel got their off their butts and got a decent backlist, they could just, you know, promote that book every year yeah. for a bit. Maybe have a one-shot following up. What's Santa doing this year? Well, he's fighting uh, mindless ones in the Dread Dimension by uh, giving them cookies. <laughs> I love this. I, I love um, Grant Morrison and uh, Dan Morris Klaus. Mm, I haven't read that. Well, the original is one of, is one of my favorite Grant Morrison comics because it is uh, everything that they do well, but much more coherent and uh, grounded <laughs> in, the one, in the simple story. Yeah. And uh, then the sequels to Klaus are the most insane stories Grant Morrison has ever written and make no sense, and they're also good. But I love that you can get like a Grant Morrison on rails and then Grant Morrison off the rails in one series. Grant Morrison in... Uh... Simple boxcar, and then Grant Morrison on space train that's powered by singing. Yes, that which is yes, I like both uh, moods of Grant Morrison, and that comes out uh, every every Christmas for a couple of years. Hmm. I um, wonder if they're going to do another issue soon. Yeah, with like uh, with they they did a bunch of one shots that were very weird and fun. Um, but we, uh, a moment ago we, we weren't talking about Grant Morrison. Uh, you were talking about a recommendation to Marvel, which is to get them off their butts. Uh, yeah. is there anything else that, uh, you want, like, as a gift from Marvel Santa in the coming year? Anything, uh, we're, it's the end of the year, we're putting together our end of the year lists, our best of, and, um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Marvel Comics and what they could do better. So, like, what do you want to see? What would be just a gift from you next year that would delight you from Marvel? Oh, that's a good question. Because my I I have two kind of kind of leanings. One is for them to to try to continue to to clean house a bit uh, and and make a real effort to act like a you know actual company with clear hiring guidelines that people could submit. So it's not a game of who's who, which is basically the entire comics industry. Um, yeah, I got to. I mean, okay, I got uh, I got big pie in the sky stuff. I think that right now the Marvel line. I mean, we'll talk about this more in like more end of the year stuff, but yeah, I, I feel like the Marvel line is in a really bad place for the most part outside of X Men. It's kind of uh, feels unsteady. None of the stories feel sticky. Yeah, um, which and is I had... unfortunate because like there have been a lot of fun and interesting series like the Taskmaster stuff. Uh, what Jed McKay has been doing over in Black Cat. I'm really liking the Beyond era of Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm liking that surprisingly much. And yeah, and we'll talk about our favorite comics of the year. And I have to say something that, but here's like one thing that I would just be, if they, if Marvel gave me this, I would say thank you for this lovely gift, is I would love an Anthony Oliveira, Hulkling and Wiccan uh, ongoing. That would be excellent. He's, yeah. um, he's done two one-shots of that, of them, uh, and I, he's listened to this show before I know, which, uh, thank you, <laughs> Mr. Oliveira for your kind patronage. Um, and I'm not just, uh, saying nice things cause he might be listening. I really, uh, love those <laughs> issues, but what's so exciting to me is Wiccan and Hulkling have been characters that, um, I've appreciated and feel affection towards, but I haven't ever loved them this much as characters. Uh, and that's really thanks to his work. And they're in such an interesting place with Hulkling currently being the emperor of the known universe as the King of the Kree Scroll Alliance and Wicked as his like court mage slash royal consort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see the ins and outs of them running the space empire. I'd love to see them go on like a married couple adventure. Just like they're in such a cool place. And there's this uh, writer who does such a good voice for them. Just let's, let's have a series out of it. I bet it would be great. Yeah. I more follow-ups to things is, I think is what we're, looking for a little bit when yeah events happen when when you know series is end there's the feeling of like they're really getting dropped as opposed to being followed up on a little bit uh and the wiccan and hulkling stuff that's all it's really interesting but all the books that they've been in and related to you know guardians of the galaxy and then empire and they sword. haven't really yeah sword maybe they'll be showing up again in sword and venom 
because Al Ewing seems to have a very, very a nice soft spot in his heart for those characters. Uh, but we'll see. I I would love to see that too. I guess if I if I had to pick something, it would be a, another. <laughs> I want to see another Jane Foster series. I'm Ooh, sad yeah. that they keep ending. That they keep being miniseries. Her place as Valkyrie just it's so interesting to me and I really like the way that Torrin Gronbeck and Jason Aaron worked together on those books. Sure. Uh, and it that's felt a like great... a nice next era for her. And that's a great example, right? It would just be like Jane Foster had such an idea and it feels like it's getting dropped and she doesn't have the momentum she had. Momentum is a yeah. concept that gets talked about in wrestling a lot too. Um, mm. in terms of storytelling and um, with her losing momentum, it would just be a gift if they just turned around and they're like, yeah, Jane Foster stuff was great, which it was. It was. I mean, my, something that would I would love would also be if Ryan North came back and did some more Power Pack. Or yeah, Squirrel Girl. But power, I think Power Pack would be a better better fit right now because I think he, he to, did what he could. Told a full story with Doreen. Totally. And, well, and Power Pack was one of my favorite books of the year. I, you know what? And, like, I would take any book that he wanted. I would write him a blank check. I would say, what characters do you want? I would fire whoever's writing anything. I, like, if he wants Spider-Man, he gets Spider-Man. He's the best. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that Power Pack was one of the most, the biggest surprises and delights for me of the whole year. Oh, yeah. But what what do we want to... But We talked about our delights. <laughs> and this is Christmas. It is naughty or nice. So what are some of the... Uh, who's getting them coal? Who's um, getting that coal? Who do I think has been uh, naughty that nice? And, uh, and Yeah. Or maybe, I guess, uh, abstract concepts can count in oh, this too. Like uh, the Amazing Spider-Man run before Beyond. <laughs> is that your answer? Uh, I'm gonna think of something else because I feel like that uh, that that's been an easy mark and everyone could have guessed it. Yeah, that has been your public enemy number one for like as long as I could remember. Now, um, I would like to give a lump of coal to, and this is feels I don't feel good about this. This is a little kicking while someone's down. Uh huh. To Diamond Distribution. Oh. Uh... Um, Diamond Distribution had a terrible year. They are clearly falling apart as a company, but I have worked in Comics Realty, and Diamond never felt like a friend. Diamond never, uh, made, as, as a vendor at a store, I never, uh, was enthusiastic about working with them. And a lot of problems in the comics industry. And this gets very granular, but, um, <laughs> a lot of problems come from the fact that everyone just accepts, yeah, Diamond's gonna have a monopoly, and, um, we're not gonna venture into other real, uh, uh, mm-hmm. what am I trying to say? Um, distribution models. Um, yeah. And they, what's been happening is the problems in the company just were under more strain because of COVID and uh, co- companies are moving away from them. Uh, big stores are now distributing to smaller stores and existing publishing companies are extending their distribution to comics. It's a whole freaking mess. And Diamond, this is because of Diamond's hubris of not ever fixing their problems or asking for help in the past and just uh, borrowing from interest from their future selves. And I know uh, comic vendors who it's really hurting right now and who mm-hmm. the instability is making it already. Like, you're in print media and now you have the shitty company to contend with. It's just, like, terrible. So I yeah. would love to see Diamond turn into a good company, but I think more likely I would like to see Diamond take its final breaths so and we can move on to whatever the next thing is. And hopefully they're not just replaced by Diamond 2.0. I mean, I'm pretty pessimistic about uh, business and capitalism in the United these United States, so I don't th- I don't think I'm going to get my wish. But uh, I would like to put the mark of shame to letting the situation get this bad and yeah. a bunch of like good people hurt getting their livelihood hurt for nothing. Yeah, and right as of, I mean, I th- I'm sure it will be settled by the time this episode goes live, and if it's not, wow amazing uh the ransomware attack that took out their current or their their distribution centers for a while has been i think that that's kind of the big issue now yeah probably the one thing that that has hurt them that's been out of their control i do want to give a small lump of lump of coal to penguin random house though yes uh, for their monumental screw up of those marvel books uh, when they first shipped them out 
They shipped them like regular books with no packaging. So people lost entire boxes just to damage. Yeah, I gotta say, like, going into the next year, looking back at comics, none of the comics that I thought were bad was I upset with the creators for making the... Like, not even Nick Spencer's Spider-Man. I... I... He is off of it now, and uh, looking back, I'm not gonna say that was a good run, but, like... I don't know. He shot a shot and he did the best job and it wasn't very good. But I'm looking at all this stuff in like the industry and it's making me real mad because people aren't doing their best job. I think they're doing a lousy job. Yeah. And um, I... and I, I want to see more creators succeed, even if they're, they're taking a shot and making a bad book like good old Nick Spencer. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see a more ambitious shot, but I, well, I guess I've said my piece on that. I'll yeah. probably say, I'll probably in a year, you'll, you'll see me writing some, uh, a, a think piece on it like the the one i'm trying to figure out if i should write or not about heroes in crisis um i would love to read your piece about heroes in crisis but you know that's a i'm an easy mark i'm already i already like your work <laughs> um ha 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 success we, we also like a big project we need to think about going into the future is um we're gonna have to talk about dan slot spider-man i feel like this is a big uh blank spot uh, in your comics God. reading it is we don't have to discuss this on the air, but just as we're looking to the new year, I think we gotta... That's the elephant in the room that's gonna have to be addressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um... <laughs> clearly, because this conversation is stressing you out, let's turn to um, <laughs> a happier subject, which is just, um... So I'm, like, thinking about gift-giving for the holidays, even in, in my circle, and there's, like, a couple people who I buy comics for. You got, you got like, a friendly a friend or a family member who like uh you get to buy comics for them and be that cool person mm-hmm because i i got my um i have a young cousin who, uh who is my niece for all intents and purposes that's how my family rolls mm-hmm. and um and i've been getting her i used to get her those scotty young wizard of oz comics were her favorite when oh. she was little yeah and she stayed reading comics this whole time, and I hear Sweet. from her mom, my cousin, that she's into uh, mysteries now, and she likes, like, teen drama, uh, melodramatic romance stuff. So I was mm-hmm. going to look into getting her some of the new Archie and Sabrina stuff, because those comics are great by awesome creators, and uh, they do exactly what you're looking for if you're looking for an Archie, which it sounds like she is. Yeah. And she, I guess if she's looking for something spookier, you could do Proctor Valley Road, Ooh. co-written by... Grant Morrison. Oh my goodness. I was about to say, I don't think she's ready for Grant Morrison, but one time when I was babysitting, I did read her um, all of All-Star Superman with her sitting on my lap, just like going through it. I mean, that of all of the Grant Morrison stuff, I think that's one of the most comprehensible. <laughs> and she loved the Bizarro issue where he recites the pledge, like the backwards pledge of allegiance. Oh. She thought that just I she must have been six or seven. She thought that was the funniest thing in the world. So Grant Morrison, if you're listening, buddy, uh, my young niece thinks you're hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Now I don't have people that I necessarily buy comics for in that way. I often, whenever things get weeded from the library, I tend to pick them up. I'm like, I think someone might enjoy this. I think someone might enjoy this too. Oh, um, I love that. I, I get that from, I have librarian uh, loved ones in my life and I sometimes, uh, I'm on the receiving end of that and it's great. Yeah, I do. I have one friend, uh, lives down in Maryland. Uh, we, we often trade comics. Uh, I, th- and I've been, I've been planning, I'm trying to think, and I think I'm going to be sending, uh, my omnibus or one of the omnibi of, uh, Rachel Rising by Terry Ooh, Moore. I love Rachel Rising. That's yeah, I love that series, and it, it it just reminded me. I'm like, how do I connect this back to Marvel? At one point, he was going to do a Runaways miniseries. That's right. I remember. Um, but I think that I, for whatever reason, it didn't go through. And he's basically said he never wants to work for corporate comics because like, and, and there's just him. not he, enough freedom. I'm like, that's fair enough. I I mean, he did. He's done it all. He's done all sorts of work, and uh, yeah. I I have no ill will towards anyone who's made it work in the world of creator owned comics. Good for them. Yeah. And Dad Terry uh, Moore seems like a cool guy. I love his How to Draw book is one of my all-time favorite like books about comics craft. Oh, I've got the hardcover that I've been meaning to crack open. Oh my god, it's like it is a true joy. I when he talked he has like all these anatomy lessons of how to draw clothes and the different ways clothes sit weird on the body and it was like the best th- I'm so much better at talking about that stuff after reading his book. Yeah. 
the those are the best kinds of of art books where it's like you come away and even if you're not an artist you're like i understand this better now yeah it's the best yeah um but that about does it for i think this is our last episode of the year right yeah our next episode will be going live in the new year even though it will be recorded in the old year and um, we got a lot of stuff to check in on. We had prediction bets. Uh, we're going to have, like, a more uh, more book club episodes to announce. Like, uh, there's mm-hmm. some exciting stuff uh, coming down the pipe. Yeah. Although, um, we, ha- we still haven't picked an exact episode date. I don't think it's going to be the next one. Um, but we will be reading the, uh, uh, the, was it Murder Slumber Party? Uh, or just slumber party slumber party um is slumber party panic that's no that's a that's an adventure time episode yeah the uh i think it's new mutants number 21 from the original series um slumber party it is a double-sized issue i believe yeah but still not i mean Um, we've read like many issues for this show before so this is going to be the shortest thing we've ever read we're going to be uh doing more of a page by page than we usually do i think I was going to say, it's the shortest thing we've read and probably the longest lead time we've given any of you all to read to read one of these. Certainly more than the um, the the Annihilation Saga read-through. Although we did link to, you know, basically what we were doing right at the top. Um, hey, that was past us. <laughs> it's a new year. <laughs> yeah, it's a new, new, new year, new us. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. But... Yeah, we'll probably talk a little bit more in, in that episode as a looking forward uh, than this. Certainly. Certainly. For now... Um, oh, you, got, you have one final thought? Uh, I was just going to ask where the fine people could uh, find uh, you on the greater internets as they uh, wait for the new year. Ah, oh, you read my mind. They can find me on Twitter, at Quetzalish, that's Q-U-E-T-Z-E-L-I-S-H. Uh, my name is one of Santa's many handles, but unfortunately, he lost the rights, and so I bought it. <laughs> and you can uh, find me at uh, on Twitter at rambling underscore moose, and uh, you can find both of us contributing to multiversitycomics.com, which is a pretty great website. There's fun stuff happening in the new year from uh, us. I'm excited to announce stuff that I can't announce yet. Uh for, uh, I'm excited for to hear about this. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But and, uh, oh, you were sent. Sorry, no, I stepped no, on your toes. No, you're fine. Ah! You're fine. Take it. Take it this way. Yeah, I was just gonna say, everyone, thank you for listening in 2021. Have a very happy new year. Drink lots of hot chocolate if you like and can have hot chocolate. Drink those eggnogs. Celebrate those holidays. Stuff your face with food. Have a jolly time, uh, and we will see you in 2022. We'll see you there. Excelsior.